So what is fake agile and why should you care? Welcome to another episode of Relearning Leadership, where we explore a specific leadership challenge and break it down to help improve your leadership, your organization, and just possibly your personal life. I'm Pete Behrens, and today I'm joined by Daniel Gagnon, an Agile Leadership Journey Guide and Disciplined Agile Fellow. That's right, today we have the master. Welcome, Daniel. Aw, shucks. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Pete. So, Hello, so humble. So Pleased humble. to be here. Yeah. So today, Daniel, we're going to cover kind of four quick little points around fake Agile. Number one, how to spot it. Number two, what causes it. Number three, what to do to prevent it. And then fourth, okay, if it's already infected in a project, you know, what, what can we do? So to kick it off, maybe, maybe how can we spot fake Agile in the corporate jungle, so to speak? Well, Pete, in my experience, there are, there are three key words that right away get me alarmed when I'm talking to executives, leadership, or even teams. Um, and those three words are um, basically deploy, implement, or roll out. When I hear that, uh, my spidey like sense it. starts tingling <laughs> because what I immediately usually find out in furthering that conversation is, yeah, we're going to roll out this Agile tool and we're going to deploy this Agile framework. And I'm not going to get into, this is not a framework smashing session. I'm not going to go anywhere near there. What I'm saying yeah. is those three words are important in context of using a framework or a tool. Because it means basically, to me, it's I've I've started calling this when I hear this, you know, roll out, deploy, and implement. To me, it is the great inversion of the Agile Manifesto. Uh, Those three words mean that we're looking at processes and tools over people and their interactions. You know, we're looking at contract negotiation over customer collaboration, and we're looking at following a plan over adapting to change. We've actually inverted three of the four values. In fact, those three words, you know, de de implement, deploy, and roll out are a flagrant contradiction to the very first sentence on the Agile Manifesto page. Now, the Agile Manifesto is a dated artifact, but it pointed us in a very good direction. Um, so when it is that fundamentally aggressed in a corporate setting, uh, my alarm bells go off, and I've actually walked away from more than one potentially lucrative contract because those I couldn't get over those words. And, and when I poked, what those words, what was behind those words, in a word, was fake agile. So the great hypocrisy, right? We we take a traditional approach to so-called install agile as a process into our organization. Uh, I often think, okay, fake agile is kind of that agile in name only, right? It's we apply concepts to things that aren't. And and uh, yeah, so it's it's interesting. I love those three words. Uh, and I think those are great trigger points for any no, leader out there listening. They're, alarm, they're triggers. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And, and I'd like to, just in your, your use of the word hypocrisy, most of, I have rarely seen it actually, you know, be with ill intent or be yes. hypocritical. It's just leaders are doing what they know. Yes. People are trying to succeed with what, you know, the great book by Marshall, um, Marshall, uh, was it Goldsmith? What got you here won't get you there. Well, they're still trying to apply what got them there. So we, you know, I don't think I'm, 
what I'm saying is it's not a question of apportioning or laying blame. It's more a question of getting to the human side, understanding and helping people realize that when they use words like that and they view it as processes and tools over people and their interactions, they're right off the bat on the wrong course. So if, if that's the case in terms of, okay, fake Agile, you know, I can spot it by seeing some of the hypocritical nature of Agile versus maybe yeah. what we're doing. What causes it? What, what's the source of it? What, what's generating some of that to occur? Fear. Fear? I think. Fear. Yeah, go on. Fear of the untested, fear of the unknown. And that fear stems from the fact that we still haven't, or the organization or the leader in question, has still not embraced uh, an experimental mindset. Mm. So you know, working with firms where you know, basically the expectation is you're working on something, get it right the first time. You go to your boss and your boss says, don't bring me problems, bring me solutions. That's another classic. Instead of showing vulnerability mm -hmm. and being open mm -hmm. to being wrong. And, you know, and what that fear really is about is, you know, there aren't enough people modeling the vulnerability. Therefore, and taking an experimental approach that could fail is, is viewed as career limiting. Um, so in, in that case, what we, what, people do is they take, you know, they look at the Agile Manifesto, they look at the literature, they, 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 they watch YouTube, they read blogs and so on and so on. They hire coaches and they, they roll out frameworks uh, because it is a way of wrapping the fear in a, in, you know, Linus's safety blanket. But underneath Linus's safety blanket, the fear is still there. <laughs> right? Linux from Peanuts, yeah, Peanuts, right? yeah. the comic strip. <laughs> well, it's you know, it's interesting. You say you know, it's that fear of the unknown. It's the fear of the fog. It's it's fear of uncertainty. Like, I think one of the things I think Agile does bring about is it. It looks weak to say I don't have an answer. I don't have a date. I can't tell you when. Like. I'm exploring something, but, and, and it's interesting how you're getting at kind of a root emotional trigger, you know, now we got language trigger. Now you're getting into an emotional trigger. Like there's mm -hmm. something Good behind point. there that I'm afraid to, to expose. And, and part of that, you know, I mentioned the agile manifesto earlier as a historical artifact that is being sort of misrepresented, but I, I have a, you know, I have a funny little tidbit to share with you. So, and I, I just post put up a small post on LinkedIn about this. So as, you know, as I age, I've always been an avid reader, but now I feel the urge to read the classics more and more. So I just finished Moby Dick. Okay? Oh, wow. And something just, you know, I'm going to read this little quote to you and uh, see if it rings a bell in terms of what happened to the Agile Manifesto. So it's just towards the end of the book, uh, you know, Melville is talking about, um, the self-observed rules that the whaling industry had at the time. It was two simple rules. Rule number one, a fast fish belongs to the party fast to it, meaning if you had a whale you know, hooked to your boat, that was yours. Rule number two, a loose fish is fair game for anybody who can soonest catch it. So if it became untethered, somebody else could claim it, for example. But the conditions around that were not set out by the rules. So here's the part that really struck me and blew my socks off. Right after that, he says, but what plays the mischief with this masterly code is the admirable brevity of it, which necessitates a vast volume of commentaries to expound it. And that's what happens in the Agile Manifesto. Deep. 
That's deep. Throw us your interpretation of that. Analyze that just briefly. Bring it up one level. Well, just looking at Melville's wonderful language here, and there's sarcasm in there, but also empathy. What plays the mischief with this masterly code, right? So it is a masterly code. You look at this, yeah. you know, two simple rules. Yeah. Follow them. Yeah. It's common sense, right? So everybody, that's what, you know, go on LinkedIn and everybody's saying these days, well, you know, Agile is common sense. We've been saying that for years. Well, it is, is it? It's like inspect and adapt, yeah. two rules. <laughs> two rules, two rules, inspect and adapt. But what plays the mischief with the masterly code of inspect and adapt yeah. is the admirable brevity of it. Wow. You know, the brevity is admirable. It's a, it's a joy to behold something exactly. so finely sculpted and structured and perfect. Well, well and what's happened? To, yeah, and to go how many frameworks do we have? How many books do we have? How many conferences do we have? We have the entire agile industrial complex, which is seeking. Uh, to create the commentaries to expound it, to expound. Which I think kind of goes into that other side of fear, fear to change the system, right? Because there was a current system in place that has all these rules and it's a, it's a book, right? It's a code of conduct that's, that's not just two simple rules. And any leader wanting to venture into that, that's, that's a scary venture. That's like Herman Melville going requires fishing. <laughs> critical thinking and the freedom and the yeah. space to do that in your organization and not be, you know. Okay, so we've got the spotting. We've got some of these language triggers and, and um, we're starting to see the cause. And, and that cause is kind of both emotionally, internally about dealing with change, but also that complexity of the rules of organizations and the simplicity Agile comes in with and and those just don't mix, right? The, the oil and water to to some degree. So so let's transition now maybe into that. All right, can we prevent it? What can we do? What are the steps we can take to kind of keep it back or hold it down a little bit, slow it down? You know, I, I keep bumping into things like in Agile organizations where uh, basically. The Iron Triangle is everywhere in disguise, and as a former, as a PMP and you know former practicing PM, I recognize the Iron Triangle when I see it. <laughs> it really, you know, it's it's very apparent. So it, again, we're wrapping Linus's safety blanket around around the um, the Iron Triangle. Um, the other thing too that I've noticed, and uh, I'll I'll get to the. I'll get to the solution, I think. I have one word as a solution. The other thing I just wanted to point out in my experience and surely yours and many you know, agile practitioners uh, listening to this right now, um, what we also find, the type, the type of fake agile we find is what I call the agile galley. So the agile galley is where teams are shackled to their oars in an unceasing, never-ending spiral of iterations where they have little to no say. And half the time they haven't even been able to mm. do something as simple as give their input on the estimates. Mm. So it is, um, you know, they and the iterations, the cadence of Agile is used as a drumbeat of the slave ship. <laughs> I'm, I'm not even kidding. I've seen it. I, I've seen it that bad. Yeah, getting really back have. to that word commitment, right? You know, you are committed. You just do what it takes to meet um, this sprint um, goal. Um, <laughs> it's the and march. And there's no thank the you or celebration. <laughs> it's just, okay, here's the next next march. So we've taken the death march of Waterfall and just yes. cut it into small death slices, small <laughs> slices of death. <laughs> death by a thousand cuts, uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think to get, you know, to get to the real issue here, I, I think the solution boils down to... Um, a single 
solitary word. Agency. Hmm. Not empowerment. Empowerment is something that can be blithely given and blithely taken away. Once you release agency into an organization, you've released it and you can't put the toothpaste back into the tube. And, you know, we're seeing that with with the pandemic and wars and everything. And the, and where did, where did everybody go? Like, why can't these jobs be filled? Did the rapture happen? Like, and it's only us evil people left? You know, that's what I've, I've that's my theory now. The rapture has taken place. No, no. <laughs> uh, um well, the, the simple thing is that the pandemic drained the lake so we can see all the yeah. rusted shopping carts, tires, yeah. and other pollution at the bottom. And people are looking at this. They always felt it when they were swimming in it. They could sometimes <laughs> on a clear day see the shopping cart. But now people are going, you know what? You know, we have to, we have to redefine the social contract around work. Employee engagement, to my mind, has, was an oxymoron way before 2020. And, I, and I've spoken about this. Um, there's no such thing. People need skin in the game. People need intrinsic motivation. You know what Daniel Pink, you know, touched upon part of it with mastery, autonomy, and purpose. But I think he left behind, or agency is sort of implied. But you can't allow agency to be implied. It has to be there. Mm. That means giving people skin in the game. Mm. And you know, no one, you know, there was no rapture. People just realized that. You know, throwing away their lives at jobs where they had absolutely no say, where they had to commute to. Um, it, gave, it gave society a reflective pause. And when, you know, the restrictions of COVID, you know, receded, they took the waters from that lake away. And people going, no way am I diving into those rusty shopping carts again. And no amount of trinkets and baubles thrown at people in the name of retention is going to work. That's Band-Aid on, on a gaping wound. I love how you use that language agency. And I think that is one of those words that's coming to the forefront. And I think COVID certainly, as you said, was a lake draining event that I think people started to recognize the agency they're missing. Uh, so I appreciate you bringing that back back forward for us. So let's tuck on the last piece. Okay, fake agile is already there, right? It's infected in our organization in some way. What are the kind of the next steps like to to start to to you know what's the what's the vaccine or what's what's the the, the treatment that we can apply I guess in this case? I think there are two major things. Um, the first is well, survey your employees in a non-threatening way and get the real mm. real feeling. No matter how you go about it, get their real feeling and make an honest attempt at true empathy where people have the safety to hmm. tell you how they feel. And if you are mired, if you are on an agile galley, you will eventually know. And I'm only talking about employee surveys in order to gather data because an agile galley, you can feel and smell it when you, when you first set foot in on, on the gangplank, believe me. And I'm sure you've seen that as well. So if it's obvious for everyone to see, smell and hear, then we need the courage, the organizational courage. If you want to survive and thrive, then you have to unshackle people from their oars is the first thing. The second thing, to my mind, is that, again, make it data-driven because that's the only non-fearful thing that you can use with leadership that is not yet convinced or is, is in that fear zone. Gather the data necessary to demonstrate that we're not actually, you know, I love the title of Jonathan Smart's book, Better Sooner, Safer, Happier. Right? 
Um, we're not actually that much better. It's not actually that much sooner. It's certainly not safer because everyone's silent and it's far from happier. Look at, you know, look at the turnover. Data, 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 I think is yeah. the only way. I talk a lot about things like, hey, I, thought, I, I talk a lot about you know, the, the touchy-feely human side, but if leadership is ensconced in old ways, then you have to meet them where they are. Yeah. And that's with data. Well, and I think what you're, you know, agency itself is the, I like the way you said that that's the answer. It's like, you've got to allow employees to help dig the organization itself out, right? Give them some shovels, let them, give them some agency on the process, give them some agency on yep, the structure, absolutely. give them some agency on the metrics. Um, don't just give them agency on the things that they're working on, let them design their system or co-design yep. their system. That's agency too. And, and I think yes, there's so absolutely. much empowerment and ownership that comes when I can be responsible for my own system of rules and, and policies. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Daniel, I, I want to say, say thank you. You know, one of the, one of the things I'm, I'm feeling with fake agile right now is the sense that it's not something that usually happens overnight, right? This is something that likely just yeah. builds and builds. It starts from deployment. Yeah. And it gets worse. Yeah. And, and so the solution is probably not also going to happen overnight, right? This is going to take no, it's repeated, it's like fitness or health, right? It's going to take ongoing investment, you know, month oh, after yeah. month, quarter after quarter, year after year to really start to rid some of these different, different aspects out. Is that, is that fair to say? Absolutely. It's just like, you know, to, to use a sort of, you know, um, very depressing metaphor. It's not because you've opened the cage that people are going to come out immediately, right? They're still going to be looking at each other. Is, is that really open? If I go out and they get a lock behind me, I'll be the only one out there. Okay. Depressing metaphors. That's the great way to end this podcast. Open the door to the cage and see what the employees do. Everybody's afraid to walk out. Who's afraid to walk out? Yeah. I love it. Do they feel safe to even walk out? Right? Uh, well, anybody listening out there, watching out there, I encourage you to critically evaluate, look at your organization. As, da as Daniel said, do some data points, gather some data. You know, and, and start to think about and get them involved in, in whatever that those next steps are to help start to stomp this out. So just want to say thank you for listening and joining us today and enjoy the journey. Thanks for having me, Pete. And folks, yes, enjoy the journey. Relearning Leadership is the official podcast of the Agile Leadership Journey. Together, we build better leaders. It's hosted by me, Pete Behrens, with contributions from our global guide community. It's produced by Ryan Dugan, with music by Joy Zimmerman. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, leave us a review, or share a comment. And visit our website, agileleadershipjourney.com forward slash podcast for guest profiles, episode references, transcripts, and to explore more about your own leadership journey.